stuck in there. <laughs> um, how many uh, dinos do you have around the office? I see them everywhere. I don't know. I Molly, saw you have like a backup supply in the closet. Yeah, I, I'm very serious about my dinos. No, Molly just kind of scattered them about. Okay. So I'm not sure how many exactly we have, but maybe we could make it like a uh, treasure hunt, like a hole punch. <laughs> Find all the dinos, won a prize. Yeah, like, right. Like, do like a little number on each one with yeah. a marker. Yeah, that'd be funny. All right. Um, cool. Internal podcast. Let's do it. We recording. We are recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Buildwit Internal Podcast. It is I, Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host. Alex Horton, who is uh, adjusting his microphone right now. It's real twisty all of a sudden. He is. It's loose. He's it's getting the equipment dialed in here. It's all good. Everything's fine. We are podcasting professionals. Yep. Nothing fine. to see here. It's good. We can go right here, just like okay, this. Okay, good. I was going to say, I could, I can stall. I just got off the phone with my dad not too long ago. He told me a joke. Bring the joke. Let's do it anyway. Um, what do you call a snail on a boat? I don't know. A snailer. <laughs> that was today's joke. That was today's joke. Is he a big joker? Uh, big joker. Yep. Mr. Corporate Attorney. That's when I tell people he's a tax lawyer. I'm like, ah, but you got to meet him because you hear tax lawyer and you put him into a certain box. You're but like, I'm like, oh God. but that's definitely not the appropriate <laughs> box. Definitely not. Sure. Um, did I see he has a couple books on our bookshelf? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He went through a, whoops, dinosaur down. He went through a book writing phase. Um. Wrote a bunch of books. That's an intense phase to have. Most people are like, I'm into biking right now. Yeah, no, I think he wrote like four books. Wow. Uh, fiction, nonfiction? One of them fiction, three of them parenting books. Ooh, okay. I've never read any of them. Sure, why would you? Because I'm the product of said He's, parenting advice. You're the reason he had to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, the outcome has worked out okay for me. Yep. So I don't, you know, all right. Um, but yeah, he went through that phase after retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, built, he built some houses. That was a little bit of a phase. And now he's back to working? No. Oh, he is He is retired. Yeah. He actually gave up his law license a few months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's reasonably recent. Yeah. He retired 10 years ago. Okay. From Deloitte. Yeah. But he's kind of just been dilly-dallying around. For quite a few years now. But now he's officially, he does not even have a law license anymore. So then what's he spend his time doing other than his car? I, I could not tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Making sure no one tracks mud into his house? Probably. But yeah, he just got, he got that new car. So he's been, I think he probably just pulls up a lawn chair and looks at it in the garage. Why wouldn't you? At this point in your life? He probably just looks at it. Get yourself a car like that. Wipe it down with a diaper. Yeah. You know, that's your thing. Yeah, he is not. There's like two schools of thought with nice cars. There's some that just look at the cars and really don't do a whole lot with them and are very protective. And, you know, you'll see the Ferrari parked at the opposite end of the parking lot where no one else is. Uh, and then you'll have people that just drive the shit out of their nice cars because they're built to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is definitely, definitely the poster child for the first school of thought. Sure. Just look at it. Don't want to drive it. Don't want to drive it. Okay. Does he have like a daily driver? Nope. Just that car? Just that car. Okay. Just doesn't go anywhere. He just doesn't go anywhere. Okay. I I, I, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to buy, you know, eventually I'll probably buy him a Toyota. 
because he freaking loves Toyotas. Um, he was driving like a Toyota Camry before this. So he goes from a Toyota Camry to what he has now, which is a <laughs> steep, steep jump. Uh, but he, he loves Toyotas. So I might get him a daily driver Toyota. Sure. Um, my in-laws are weird about cars too, and they're both retired. They each drive a Mercedes, like a, I don't know, my mother-in-law drives like a Mercedes convertible. And then my father-in-law drives like, I think it's an S-Class. It's pretty nice. It is like a giant executive car. Like four-door, yeah. It is huge. It's just like a living room on wheels. It is so big. Yeah. And yet they're retired and I've kind of tried to talk him out of like that car. So it's like, you know, you're kind of, he's kind of starting to hit like a hundred thousand miles and he's certainly somebody who would like sell it and then go buy another car for cat in cash. Yeah. And it's like, man, you're retired. Like get something that like can drive in a gravel parking lot. Uh, you know, I, that's why I think I'm going to be driving a pickup truck the rest of my life. There's nothing wrong with it. They are good to go. And he's not a, he's not a pickup truck guy. Yeah. Like, I think he likes to like play like a little bit more rugged sometimes with like his friends, but he's like, but he drives an S class. So clearly, so they had, they had their two cars and then they're like, well, we don't really like putting our big dogs in the car when we take them to the dog park every day because sure. they take them to the dog park every day. Yeah. And so instead of getting a, just replace, getting a new car to replace with his S class, he's bought an additional Mercedes SUV and we literally call it the dog car. And it was for taking the dogs to the dog park. Nothing wrong with that. Do what you need to do. I'm all about it, man. Yeah, it's the 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 car my dad got. It like he had the original of that car in the 90s. Oh wow, okay, I didn't so know this that. Is, it's kind of like a a legacy thing for him. So how did he go from that back to driving a Camry? Well, so he was a he went to ten years of school after sure. high school. Like a long, long, long time. And then probably spent another 10, 15 years as like what we call a baby lawyer. You know, you're just treated like a piece of pond scum. Nothing like have, more than that. You have no education or experience. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you are, yeah, it's, it's not, a, not a good deal being a baby lawyer. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of start to make it as a, as a real lawyer and you maybe even become a partner. Sure. And you start to, you go from not making very much to making a ton of money. And so that's, he went through his like balling out phase where he had a bunch of really nice cars and the NSX and already was one of them. Mm -hmm. It was like this special edition, amazing car. And the NSX has, it's like this very famous sports car, very famous sports car. Yeah. So there's this crazy pedigree behind this car. It changed the way a lot of modern sports cars are made. And then he had children so all of that went away and he needed to drive more practical cars of course and then he got to a point in his life where he just doesn't care anymore so that's where he ended up with the toyotas because he just does not at all care at all care but then he had an opportunity to get the new nsx so acura spent and honda spent like 15 years on this car so they discontinued the original nsx in the 90s and they started building these in the late in probably like 2017, 2016. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was a long, like a huge gap between these two cars. And there was an opportunity to buy one of the last new ones. So he sent it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now he's got, was it like maroon or something? That's what he's got, right? Yeah, it's like a red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
pretty slick. Yeah. How old were you when your parents got divorced? Probably like 12. Okay, so it was like 10 or 12. Firmly in your childhood. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I was like in middle school, and I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. So my brother was younger, and my sister was pretty really young. young. Yeah, so that's all she's ever known. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, was... they, they live like 10 minutes from each other. <laughs> of course. But they still don't talk to each other. Oh, of course. But when I have kids, that's not going to fly. When I have bargaining chips. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you want to see him, you can come. Mom's going to be there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, you guys can figure it out. You're adults. Come on. Um, I was 18 when my parents got divorced, which is a much more traumatic age for your parents to get divorced. Yeah, that's totally different. Um, but like my brother was nine, and so he was similar to like when you're saying like your siblings. It was like that's really all he like knows as like a person. So kids are very resilient, but also kids get pretty messed up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like kids are very resilient, but then there's also so many underlying issues that are caused by all that that it's like. Hopefully, as an adult, you unwind a lot of that stuff. Because if you don't, <laughs> you're going to need to unpack some woof. of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, at least I've had to. It's like, and you start to get into it, and you don't even realize how bound up it all is. But you're like, whoa, hey. At least as an adult, it sucks. But I think you have the mental capacity to process a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a kid, it's just like it's all just packaged away and like in this little lockbox. You're just like, I don't know what to do with this, so I'll just put it back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And some people just throw away the key. Yeah, they're like, I don't need this. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it served me well, though, to go back and just just explore it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you explore it, and you're like, okay, been there, done that, don't need to go back. One of the best pieces of uh, parenting advice I got was, you're absolutely going to screw your kids up, and so release yourself of that pressure and then just try your best. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes me feel better, because it's like, when I think back to my own childhood, it's like, man, why were my parents that way towards me? It's like, oh, because they were dealing with their own garbage. But yeah. it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to treat my kids that way. I'm going to treat them the way I th- wish I was treated. But it's like, that's fine, but I'm going to do something else that messes them up. And so it's like, if once I like let go of that, it's like, okay, my like effort and my intention are what like my all, all that I can like give my kids. So I'll just focus on that. Well, and the reality is too, even if you have a really, really, really good childhood, you can still get screwed up by like bullying at school, for yeah. example, which on, at face value, not all that bad, not all that extreme compared to like divorce, death of a parent, God forbid, even worse stuff like yeah. war. I mean, there's some all terrible things can yeah. happen as a child. And to both of those children, though, that situation is equally as bad. And so they oftentimes get equally as screwed up, even though at face value, you're like, okay, I mean, like that's not hey, that big getting bullied on the playground sucks but like that's not going through war you know but but to a kid to an individual everything is the most important biggest thing that's happened yeah yeah yeah. so they're they're bound to get screwed up even if things are really 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 good i think that's when i think back to being in high school i feel like that was like the same attitude though was like this very small thing that's not going to matter to my life feels like the most important thing that's ever happened to me and i have to Mm -hmm. be a part of it yeah you know and if my parents are like yeah i don't think i don't think you should go to that I remember in high school, I I was a senior. I dated the same girl for three years. So met her freshman year. We broke up senior year. Why? I don't know. Just gut feeling said, ah, sure. this doesn't feel right. And I was getting my senior year. I was like, I need to kind of explore life a little bit before I go to college or else I'm going to be hurting here. Mm-hmm. So uh, didn't clearly didn't go over very well. And then there was a school dance in the fall. 
course. School dance. I homecoming. Think the homecoming dance. Yep, homecoming. Yeah, sure. And so I go to the homecoming dance without a date, and I end up kissing this other girl. And then she finds out about it and chews my ass at school for it. And I felt like such a scumbag, such a scumbag after that. And that was one of those, those points in time where it's like, wow, I'm a, I'm a real, real piece of shit. <laughs> and you're like beating yourself up over it. Even though like... You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I, I, In was, hindsight, you're like, oh, that was actually probably pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. But because of you're dealing with another high schooler who yeah. that was a really big thing that happened to them, you're like, sure. oh, this must be a big deal. Uh, yeah. 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 That was that was good time. Good time, man. Anyway. Super cool. Build it podcast. Build it podcast. Internal <laughs> podcast. Welcome, everybody. We're happy to have you as always. We are coming to you live from the Buildwit um Dirt Talk Studios. In Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool place here, man. So pretty cool. Starting to get broken in a little bit. We had a lot of people here last week. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Um, Honestly, it was a good preview of what like growing this team will probably really look like. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of really exciting changes coming down the road. Um, Again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds yet on any, any of it, but... It's all going to be really positive. I think there's going to be a lot more people in and out of the office regularly. It's mm-hmm. only going to grow from here. We had somebody come right off the street and come into the office today. Yeah, some guy just walked right in, said, hey, we've talked on the phone before. And like, I said, okay, sure, yep, <laughs> like, sounds good to yeah, me. I totally re- remember that. I I hand out my phone number all the time. He asked to see Matt Biddle. He's like, is Matt Biddle here? I said, no, he is not. <laughs> he was, so he, he does video work mm-hmm. and we've, considered hiring him on but he still wants to do his own thing yeah that's kind of tough and that's cool like do your own thing but for where we want to go culture that kind of thing if someone wants to be doing their own thing as in like he just doesn't really fit doesn't want to be an employee yeah he just wants to be a you know contractor that works with us here from here and there who has the freedom to walk away whenever he wants which you still have the freedom to walk away whenever you want yeah he wants to be able to come back in whenever he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of tough. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a lot of advantages to that. There's a lot of advantages to 1099, but I like everybody full-time W-2 um, because just from a cultural component. Yeah. I just want everybody bought in on our mission and culture, and I want everybody to be part of the family. If you're part of the team, be part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. So we still leverage contractors here or there. For sure. It's a It's a... A very important tool, but long term, if someone doesn't want to be full time ever, I'm not that interested in bringing them on. Yeah, I think that's what's tough. It's like if it works out that we have an opportunity for you to come full time, is that something you're interested in? And if somebody's like, absolutely not, I will never go full time. It's like, okay, well yeah. then, this is always meant to be a temporary solution. And there's, I mean, there's certain applications where it's like Rex doing digital advertising or something like he's never going to come on board but he's an asset that we use but what we go off and on yeah but that's like a tool more than sure. somebody who like helps set culture yeah 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 correct 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 yeah yeah so. i think it would be different if um you know we needed to hire an additional videographer to justin brian and angel mm-hmm. except that person didn't have any of the responsibility of being on the team and representing Buildwit in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that's where it gets kind of correct. And I, I am touchy on the field teams, especially as people know, Yeah. because I mean, like 
largely that's the face of the company mm-hmm. is those people out on the field meeting blue collar people. Um, that is the primary interaction that people have with BuildWit. Oh, yeah. Right now, I think that's going to grow and change as time goes on. But right now, um, those few people are, are really the face of the company at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and so we just need to be cognizant of who serves as that face. Yep. Because they're representing a you know a big thing, a lot of people, and that's a pretty substantial responsibility. And you don't put them out there just because of their skill with a camera or something no, like that. No, no, no. Like um, Phillips and Jordan's a good example. And I just used this the other day while talking to, about somebody. Is is we uh, you know did shot a bunch of stuff with Avis, the chairwoman of the whole company, and so Chell, James, Angel. I think it was just those three in Florida. I don't know. Maybe Justin was involved. There was for a little one bit where like everybody went out, right? Yeah, yeah. Eric's been involved a little. I don't. I don't even know who. But but whoever's yeah, been involved in that, sure. Um, like those guys, I trust them hundred percent. I don't have to worry about them spending two days with Avis, the chairwoman of a massive business. I'm, hey, like they're good to go, man. Like yeah. they're bought into our culture. They observe our values regularly. Chell won the value award. You know, last month to prove my point, uh, I don't stress about them going out and mm-hmm. and and that that to me a lot of times is more important than the video work. Is just their ability to interact with those people in a very respectful manner and represent the company mm-hmm. as as it should be represented. Um, that's a big deal. Yeah, um, and every one of those interactions is a is a new opportunity to represent the company. And I've had to be careful too. It's like um, people, random people will call me oh, quite a bit now. And sometimes I'm in the middle of something and it's like not the most convenient thing to answer somebody's life questions in the middle of the day. Yeah. And, and call me entitled or whatever. It, it just, it happens. I spend so much of my time doing it that I need to set boundaries sometimes. And sometimes I'm, I'm really not in the mood. Um, but I've, I've always, I need to be careful because I need to be very kind with everybody. Of course. Because you don't know who the hell's on the other side of the phone. Mm-hmm. So I get a call from this guy. He's like, hey, you know, we'd love to have you at our logging conference to go speak to a bunch of kids, this and that. Work for Peterson Cat. And he goes on the on and on about the logging conference. And then I kind of at the end of the conversation, I'm like, so what do you do for Peterson? Peterson's a big time dealer. They're they're in Northern California, Oregon, and Washington. Oh, one of wow. the largest cat dealerships big. in the United States. And he's like, uh, oh, I'm... Um, I'm I'm dealer principal. <laughs> like, like I'm good fourth, thing I didn't say fourth generation. I'm, I'm like yeah, God, thank God I didn't say something stupid because I've done that in the past. Sure, I've put my foot squarely in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So, with those dealers, are the are most of these cat dealers multi location? Yeah, multi. Yeah, yeah. Like Carter, I think has twenty something locations. Yeah, that's what I thought. And they're but they're. As big as it gets, really. But Tom Thompson has a couple. Thompson probably has like fourteen or fifteen. Okay. But like North American Coal, Red Hills Mine in Mississippi, that's Thompson. Yeah. So they're pretty spread out. Um, I've seen references to them, like in uh, in Alabama, just like friends who are you know like a developer. And well, but the the Thompson in Alabama is a different company. Is it really? It's a different Thompson. 
Weird. <laughs> it used to all, the, all be the same, but then okay. they split. Okay, so it was like at one point. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, like, that seems to be a mistake from a branding perspective. Yeah, I think Thompson Machinery is central Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. is um, West Tennessee, and is northern Mississippi. Okay, and then what's the other one? Thompson? Thompson Tractor. Thompson Tractor. Okay. Which is also represented as Thompson. And they're in Alabama. Got it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure I don't uh, assume next time. Yeah, watch yourself. Yeah, big mistake on my part. Um, you flipped your kids to you this week. We talked about that a little bit on the call. Yeah, super cool. Super cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting lit up on the internet for it. But it, it's mostly very positive. Very positive. Yeah. Very positive. I scrolled through the uh, the comments which I almost never do. That's never, I mean, that's not good for anybody. But also, why would I scroll through the comments of someone else's post? Yeah. But I was like, I'm just curious because you, you mentioned a little bit how like there was some negative feedback. Most of it was like, been there, dude. And like, that's really what it was. There was a mm-hmm. handful like, that's why you should stick to taking pictures or yeah, whatever or like, else. It's like, this is my <laughs> stuff. You'd be fired. Like, all right. Like, fuck you. Okay, great. Um, you talked, I think, was it on Monday? Where it was like, um, it was something about like how they would they would have fired you, and you're like, "Well, I'm the CEO of this business." We'll get we'll get into that on the uh, Dirt Talk podcast. Yeah, I figured I've, we would. I've got my soapbox ready to ready to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd be I'd be fired. It's like, dude, one, I I'm self employed, so yeah, that that's what you had said. You're like, I'm that self employed. That doesn't work. Two. It's on a Sunday. It's personal time. It's a personal, you know, it's a machine for fun. I'm not doing work anywhere. I wasn't with around anybody else. I was wearing my seatbelt. We're good to go. It's also not like you were out there doing donuts. <laughs> and I wasn't doing dumb shit. Like to think, do you, do you really think I wanted to put my brand new beautiful machine that I baby the hell out of on its fucking roof? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I had a, a pain in my stomach looking at it like that. But then what am I supposed to do? Be like, hmm, yeah, no, Aaron, you idiot. Was I supposed to like pull myself aside and reprimand myself and yell at myself and then drug test myself and then fire myself for it? Stupid. Like, really? Really? Uh, it's just, it's like we were laughing because what else am I supposed to do, man? Like, I'm supposed to just let it ruin my day, let it ruin my life, be all bummed out about it, be a bitter asshole? No, it's like... That sucks, but also it's kind of funny to see my brand new machine on its roof. Like there is some humor to be found there. I had multiple people send me like one of your posts that you posted about it. Like friends who follow you. Yeah. I'm like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Not ideal. Not ideal. Nope. I have hundreds of pictures of rolled skid steers in my DMs right now. I love it. Yeah, you've posted a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Some I'm, I'm, I like. I don't want to make it into this super funny thing and really get everybody riled up. But it's it's actually it's it's been weirdly, um, it's been received a lot better than I thought it. Like, there's been a lot of people thanking me for sharing that because they're like, "Hey, I didn't have the balls to post my my screw up," but like I've been there and it sucked. So it, it I don't know. It's weirdly got me some leadership capital online that I wasn't necessarily expecting. I feel like 
the majority of people who have said, um, like, you know, been there, man, sucks. Like, it's terrible when that happens, but like, it happens. A lot of those people are people that, like, you know, you can look up to who run businesses or who, you know, started out just running a skid steer and then have, you know, really grown their career and their experience, you know? And so it's like, it's not like that's like a life ruiner. It just kind of sucks. Well, the people, and I said this on my post, the people that I respect the most in the industry were the first ones to say, yeah, been there or welcome to the club, bub. Like Dylan, you know, I called him because I did it at Rosso's office. Yeah, like, rolled hey. it at Rosso. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one, he offered, you know, hey, need any help? Happy to help. But two, he's like, yep, did that the first time I was backing off a trailer. <laughs> or, you know, I get a oh, text message from, you know, Nick at Wittek, like, yep. I've put a skid steer into a footing before. Oh, man. And that was a, you know, I think I was 22 years old. That was a bad day. Or, uh, you know, got a text message from a, a dealer principal, a cat dealer principal saying, we had a, a driver put an excavator into a bridge while towing it, while transporting uh, it, put an excavator boom into a bridge. And he's like, now he's our best driver and has been our best driver for a very long time now. Because it's just like a dumb thing that happened. Yeah, because they weren't like, you're fired. They, hey, like we've learned a lesson today, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Okay, 10-4. Yeah. Lord. So it's just all these businesses. They have such a screwed up mentality. They treat everybody like children. If you treat everybody like children, you're going to get a bunch of children. If you treat everybody like grown-ass adults, amazingly enough, you get a bunch of grown-ass adults. Mm-hmm. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. So if you want to go yell at people, reprimand people, just fire people, not teach people anything, blame others. Like it's just firing someone for an honest mistake, any kind of extreme ownership whatsoever. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So it's just going to keep happening, which is arguably, not even arguably, which is more irresponsible than if you were to sit down, learn from the mistake, and then forgive whoever made that mistake. Mm -hmm. Assuming it's an honest mistake. Yeah. Because then, and then use it as a teaching moment for the rest of the business. So it doesn't happen again. I like thinking of that as, like you say, a teaching moment for the rest of the business. I mean, obviously, like, you're the one who tipped it over. But like, if if Ben had been in there, you're not like going to chew out Ben. No. I'm, but I'm glad you know, like, I was I'm going to use this it. as a teaching moment for Ben. Like that's like super no, weird. No, but I'm I'm relieved it was me in there. Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad it was me. So, and and then I look at him like, hey, even this, if this is a really expensive mistake, I'm going to use it as a very valuable lesson to the organization, and and use it for as much as I can because I've already paid the price, so might as well take advantage of it now. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to do it, but here I am. Well, you've spoken before about how, like, you've spoken a little bit about, you know, like, failure is okay here. Yeah. And, like, not okay, but it's it's a thing to learn from. It's an opportunity. We've talked about that. Um, but yet, I feel like something like this is what really stands out to me from, like, a, a teaching perspective. Um, because it's, you're speaking from, like, your your own very obvious, I don't want to say failure, but like a mistake or like a totally bad, crappy thing that happened. Totally. And not like, hey guys, like I'm doing really, really great, but if you guys mess up on something, it's totally fine. Like you're like taking taking responsibility. Like, yeah, I did this thing and it sucked and it 
obviously I didn't mean to do it, but it happened. Yeah. And so, you know, here's what I'm doing to deal with it. But here's a, a broader, more general thing to be learned from this, which I think is pretty cool. Totally. I mean, I'm into that. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't want to do that. No. And I wasn't doing anything irresponsible. I just got a little too cocky with what I was doing, did something incorrect, clearly, and made a mistake as a result. Yep. But I don't know. There's no, it. like, there's really no reason to go get bent out of I can't afford to go get bent out of shape right now, man. There's so much going on. I need to keep my eye on the ball. Yep. If I'm all bent out of shape about how I just ruined a skid steer, like, there's a lot, a lot of other stuff I need to be focused on right now. Have I, you I taken, can't have, afford it. Have you taken it to Thompson yet? Thompson's looking at it today. Okay. I haven't taken it anywhere. It's dead. Like you couldn't even load it up. No, I, I didn't start it. I just left it. Yeah. So it's just sitting there with the bucket in the air right now. Yep. In the back of the back of uh, Rosso's job site. Well, fortunately, that's not like right in the middle of the, you know, this phase of construction. I hope. Well, you know, you can. Uh, you can manhandle those things. So could if, move it if, if you have yeah, to. If you need to pull it somewhere, you okay. can. Yeah. It's not like it's sitting right where we need to dig a basement. We have to dig a basement today. And yeah. No, no. Okay. And then they had a loader out there with forks. So I mean, worst case scenario, you just you just it grab it with forks and you move can take it. it wherever the hell you want to take it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But the but but that's why people buy caterpillar is not really for the equipment, it's for the service. So it's it's awesome. I mean, you just say, hey, you know, just rolled over machine, here it is. They'll be out there. They'll get it fixed up. It'll be ready to go in no time. Boom. Okay. Insurance claim. Make an insurance claim. That's what insurance is for. You know. Do a lot of. Maybe this is for the other podcast, honestly. But when you like, you're you buy and then you pay for that. Is there like a service agreement that's like you you can? We're the only people who can work on this machine, or no, anyone can work on it, but. When it comes to like you want to, if it's a new machine, you want Caterpillar to be working on it for the sake of warranty. Sure. Because if someone else and goes and works on it, there it could void the warranty. Yeah. And then you bummer. can't make warranty claims. Down. Okay. Um, well, you want to answer a couple uh, team questions real quick? I'd be delighted to. Um, what's your favorite part of the office? Favorite space in the office? Mm, I I like it all, man. I mean, I. I created a space selfishly that I would love coming to. Sure. And I figured if I would love coming to it, so would other people. Like, I, I really do think that's, I'm not good at very much, but I, <laughs> I'm very uh, into space. Very into space. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, so I just, that was a lot of, how I've done it was I'm just going to create a space that I really enjoy coming to. And I think other people will appreciate it and also enjoy coming to it. There's a lot more to it than that, but that's where I started. Sure. So I like it all. Um, I mean, I'm come, I come in here Saturdays and Sundays, just hang out either at my desk or typically the conference room. I like the conference room. It is your office according is, to the door. It, it is my office. It says it on the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I like it all. Yeah, I could sit anywhere in this office. I'd be good to go. It's good spaces all around. Yes, and I already have just a long list of things we could have done better. Sure. But we couldn't have learned it without doing it once and giving her hell. But we're going to get it. We had a photographer over here the other day. We're I saw her it, walking around, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get it professionally photographed. Um, sure. Just from a, like, I want to show the industry to 
use this as an example for like, hey, this is where we need to be taking office design in the industry from a retention recruitment perspective. Um, it's a great recruiting tool. Oh, so yeah. as we start ramping up hiring again, uh, having this, it's, it's just one hell of a recruiting tool. It's a great sales tool. It gives us a lot of credibility. So it builds our brand very effectively. Um, but she said, she's like, yeah, we could we could enter this into some like magazines locally and nationally. I'm oh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, cool. Like go, go for it. Um, but that might be cool. I don't know. Yeah, why not? I mean, you're already going to get the pictures taken mm-hmm. and like and they're gonna, do whatever you want. They're going to do it. Yeah, sure. As long as it's not work, more work for me. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, then the other one is uh, what industry would you work in if you somehow got like blackballed and burned like in the dirt world and like no one would work with you? Blacklisted. I guess it'd be- Maybe aquariums. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to minimize. Aquariums. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I've never entertained it. Sure. Uh, like I've never paid any attention to that question. Like uh, I've never sat there and thought, man, what what else is for me? This is it. Yeah, right. this is so it. Very I, clearly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my first job when I was 16 years old, my first legal job when I was 16 years old, I um I worked uh, as a uh like a sales associate at an aquarium store. Were you already into aquariums at that point? Yes. So I've always loved fish. I had some smaller aquariums when I was a child. And then in eighth grade, um, I bought an like a huge aquarium from some guy on Craigslist. Huge. And it was like, you know, like 100 gallons. So it's like four feet long. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Pretty sizable aquarium for a kid that's in eighth grade. And then I had a bunch of fish in that one. And then I had the bright idea to make it into saltwater. So then I got way into saltwater aquariums for a while mm-hmm. and started visiting this, this store called AquaTouch, which was the saltwater aquarium and sto- or store in town, pretty close to my house. Um, and then after two years in the saltwater aquarium space, it was stupid expensive. So I figured I would go get a job. And not only would I get a job to pay for the aquarium, but I'd get a job at the aquarium store so that I would get a discount on fish and corals. It's pretty smart. And the disc, it's like a 50% discount. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so very substantial yeah. discount, which made it almost affordable. So pretty much every dollar I made at that store over a two-year period went back to the store. <laughs> You're talking about that like a 100-gallon aquarium. To like start that from scratch, like, what are your what are your costs to get like something like that rolling? Like, if you're gonna go buy new, um, if you want to do it right, you could probably spend like ten to twenty grand. Oof, it's a. I mean, I didn't do it right. I did it very piecemeal. Sure, but I'm gonna do it right one day, and I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have kind of a wall in my office that'll be an aquarium. And then behind that wall will be a whole dedicated fish room with a bunch of other requirements. I have it all in my head. It's sure. going to be completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you can, I mean, you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on aquariums. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty easy. Pretty easy. Like the fish, that's the cheap part. It's all the equipment. The stuff. Yeah, just the infrastructure. Because you're building a whole ecosystem. So it's like a dog. All you need is some air. Okay, that's pretty easy to come by. Some water, pretty easy to come by. And some dog food, pretty easy to come by. Yeah. 
they can just hang out. And you have a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good to go. There's not a whole lot more required than that. As, with, with aquariums, you need to make sure the salinity is right. You need to make sure all the water chemistry is right, the calcium and the magnesium and the the ammonium. You need to make sure um, the temperature is right. You need to make sure there's the right kind of lighting and and different. there's a different lighting schedule throughout the day and the intensity of light matters. Mm-hmm. There, You need to make sure there's enough current there's enough filtration. There's it, it, you're, you're, it, everything is working together, and then you you put in like a new piece of rock, and now you have to wait four weeks for it to figure itself out. It's completely ridiculous. It's a it's a really stupid hobby. It's a really stupid. I'm hobby. surprised you don't have one in this office already. It's just it's too expensive and takes too much time. Like I, I I would love one, but it's not. You'd have to hire somebody full time to do it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as simple as just getting an aquarium. Yeah. Like you can do a freshwater real easy, but that's not really my thing. I like the uh, the advanced. Is there a fish where you're like, okay, my next aquarium, I'm like, I have to have this. I really want a stingray. Sick. I had one. Got to go pretty big. And I killed it. Oh man. I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast before. No. But it was, I can tell it at some point. But sure. yeah, killed the stingray, put it in the freezer. Mom found it. Terrifying, I'm sure. Not cool. How big? Yeah, it was like a dinner plate. It was like, it wasn't a huge stingray because yeah. it's not a huge aquarium. I know. But it, it was like a sizable, sizable stingray. So yeah, I was like 15 years old with a stingray that I bought out of some guy's garage. <laughs> <laughs> the black market stingray industry. Uh, people think I do ridiculous stuff now. I'm like, I don't know. I had a pretty ridiculous childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody says, what's the most interesting pet you had? Stingray, I guess. Stingray. Yeah. Yeah. Stingray is pretty, pretty exotic, I'd say. Yeah. It'd be a, a real showstopper, a real mm-hmm. showpiece. Yeah. I had a sea urchin named Spikes. Great name. Every time I'd clean the aquarium, it would stab me in the hand. Would just be super annoying. So then I got rid of spikes. Like I don't need this. Like, yeah, this that was the so. So there were two aquariums at the aquarium store that were very not cool to clean. Three. There were three, four. Okay, sorry, I'm getting too deep in here. How many? <laughs> so one of them was the lionfish, wherever the lionfish were. You yeah. just needed to watch out it's, for those little turds. Sucks, yeah, they they wouldn't come after you. But if you got it into a corner or something like that, it's gonna sting your hand and it's gonna hurt for a while. Okay, that's one. Two, the where all the urchins were and the the long spine urchins. There's a bunch of different kinds of urchins, but the long spine, like traditionally, if you think sea urchin, all the different spiky spikes, it, it, they're a pain in the ass. To clean that thing sucks because it's like a whole little box full of spikes that you need to navigate. Not a good time. Mm-hmm. The third one is something probably people wouldn't, wouldn't think about was we had this... Uh, enormous, beautiful tank with this huge sea anemone, beautiful sea anemone, and a pair of clownfish. You put your hand in that thing, the clownfish are after your ass. Really? Like that. I mean, within a second, the clownfish are there, and they'll draw blood. I mean, they will bite oh, wow. the shit out of your hand. Yeah, they were, they were the biggest assholes. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I'm just trying to clean up your house. I'm just here to like vacuum the carpet. You're being a real, you're being a real piece of work. Yeah. It's Can like, you back off? I'm glad that you guys are cleaning the sea anemone, but not the tank itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you'd have to, you'd have to kind of keep them away with one hand and a stick while cleaning the the tank with the other hand. Jeez. So that was the other one. Last one was whenever we had a mantis shrimp. Oh yeah, peacock mantis shrimp. Mm-hmm. Dude, 
those things. If you don't know what a peacock mantis shrimp is, go on Google, check them out. They're one of the most complex animals in the world. Then I think they have the most complex eyes of any animal, period. Like you can see like way more frequency or not frequency. What's it called? Yeah. Fish, anyway, I, it, different ways. All of the like UV light and they're, yeah. they're crazy advanced, but they have these little whackers that basically they're, they move so fast through the water that it superheats the water behind behind it. Like they're crazy animals, Yeah, but they're, and they're like these little shrimp. But they're very, very scary. I didn't like messing with those. Yeah. I feel I've read a bit about those mantis shrimp before where it's like, there's like something in their little like front legs that like can snap. So it's like, pew, yeah, no, pew, it's, pew. they're like these little hammers. Mm-hmm. And so we'd put crabs in there all the time. And you, from across the store, you'd hear a whack. And it would be the mantis shrimp from on the other side of the building, whacking the shit out of a crab. <laughs> Real good guy. <laughs> so anyway. Got it. I didn't Aquariums. Think, I didn't, whoever asked that question, you probably didn't think you were going to get that can of worms. Well, there you go. Uh, well, I think it's probably an internal podcast. That's an internal podcast. Um, we covered nothing of value. So thanks, everybody, for giving us some of your valuable time. We're happy to occupy it with uh, total nonsense like mana shrimp talk and flipped over skid steers. Yep. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everybody.